Hi, this is Jonathan Horton, one of the pastors here at Grace Christian Fellowship in Odessa, Texas. I want to thank you for tuning into the podcast today. Wherever you are listening to this, I hope that this message encourages you, gives you hope, and reminds you that you are loved. I'm excited as we start into this new series that we're calling Connect, which is our word for 2022 that that we're really trying to run after as a church. I hope that by the end of 2022 uh, that you will feel like you've connected more with Jesus this year because of being a part of this body of believers, that you've connected more with our church and the people in it, and that you've connected more with your community, the people that God has placed around you, whether it's your neighbors, your coworkers, the people that you get to rub shoulders with on a regular basis. Because here's what I know is true in our lives, is that many of us, our lives, we just let it happen to us instead of us happening to our lives, right? This idea of us being intentional about us saying, all right, what do I want my life and my world to look like? And and what are some of the things that you can begin to plug into your life that are going to allow you to have the life that God desires for you, that God's created for you? And the way that that works for us, right, is when when we begin to really connect with him, listen to him. And so today we're going to talk about how do we connect with Jesus by reading his word. By diving into his word. We have this uh, amazing and special thing that the Lord has given us, right? The, the word of God. And we have more access to the Bible than at any point in history ever, right? It's, it's on all of our smart devices. Uh, there's so many different versions that, that you can pick up as well where, where people have uh, put so many uh, just efforts into saying, how do we get this exactly right? How do we make sure that, that things are translated perfectly from the original language so it makes sense for us in English? And, and all of this is here for us, this gift from God for us to be able to connect with him. I don't want us to miss this. One of the uh, most uh, easiest ways that you and I can connect with Jesus is by simply saying, I'm going to read his word. I'm going to dive into this. Uh, I remember when I really started in high school to say, all right, God, I'm going to get serious about pursuing you, uh, trying to, to live my life the way that you've called me to instead of however my teenage brain thought that I should, right? And, and I started to run after and, and intuitively, the thing that drew me to God was, oh yeah, I need to be in his word, and, and I remember there were some college students, uh, young people, don't ever miss your opportunity to really invest in younger people. I was a, a sophomore, but there were some college students who they lived in this uh, garage apartment, right? And, and everything that you would expect of a college kid's apartment, uh, just down the road, right, you'd walk in, it was like there was hardly any sunlight coming in at all. You're like, how do I even get through here, right? It smelled like old pizza, and, and it was messy, but this was the place that, that we would gather some high schoolers and some college students to begin to read God's word. And I look back at that time, and I think to myself, man, we even knew then, uh, even with our uh, lack of intelligence, you know, as high school boys or whatever, that if we wanted to get closer to Jesus, here's what we needed to do. It involved his word. 
And so we'd get together and we'd kind of fumble around and, and somebody would have a, a study that they were going to, to teach that week. And, and uh, it, it was amazing to see either high schoolers or college students uh, come up with some type of study that they were going to lead and, and they would have to spend a lot of time. Now, now, I think like a lot of things that maybe we pursued that didn't last a long time, right? We quickly kind of fell out of that and began doing something else. But I want us to realize is that God's word is special. And, and I believe if we really pause, we begin to say, I, I need to be called back to it. That's why so often at the beginning of a year, people say, I'm starting a new reading plan, right? And I, I saw jokes recently where they're saying, all right, uh, we're starting the new uh, Bible in a year plan that I stop halfway through Genesis, right? Because this is what we'll do. We'll say, all right, I'm going to get into the Word. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it, and I've been guilty of this. I, I remember it was in high school as well that I said, all right, I'm, I'm going to read the whole Bible in a year. Not that that has to be your plan, right? There's so many different plans that, that you could get into, ways that you could read the Bible. But I was like, all right, I'm going to read the Bible in a year as a high schooler. Three and a half years later, I finished it, right? And, and, and it was great that I, I could check it off and be like, I did it. What I don't want to sell to you today is, oh, here's the exact plan or here's the way that you need to do. Here's what I want us to hear today. God's word is special. And if you want to connect with Jesus, he's given us this gift to be able to connect with him. And there's lots of ways to be able to dive into it. There's lots of ways to, to, to read it. But here's what I want us to do. First off, I want to talk to you about why his word is unique and different. And then I want to talk to us at the end about uh, what are some tips and some tools for how we can read God's word that will help us to be able to digest it a little bit more and understand it a little bit better in our lives. So uh, first off, we need to realize that this is from God. Now, he didn't write it for you and I. He, he's not uh, the actual person who penned it. In fact, uh, there are over 40 plus authors that wrote the book that we have in front of us. And in fact, uh, the word Bible itself is this word that refers back to Biblia, this idea of library, because this one book has 66 books inside of it, written by these 40-plus authors over the course of about 1,400 to 1,500 years that this collection of Scripture was written and then a little bit after the end of those writings would be then put together, right? Inside this book, you'll hear things like the Old Testament and the New Testament, right? The, the Old Testament would have been uh, the scriptures that the Jews studied and the laws and, and the things that they learned that were given to them from the Lord. And, and by the time of Jesus, it would have been pretty solidified that, that the, the very thing that we call the Old Testament would have been the scriptures that they were reading and studying in Jesus' time. And then the New Testament is uh, the recording of the history of the church that started out of Jesus the Messiah, that the Old Testament said, hey, here's the Messiah, here's the Savior of the world that's coming. The New Testament is the recording of that history. And we're going to get into looking at, well, how they know what to record or what not to record. And we're just going to do it lightly today. 
At some point, we're going to cover a series. We're going to really dig in deep to, about how you can stand on this, that you can trust this, that you can know that the, the word of God is absolutely true, and you can put your trust in it. But the thing that we need to hear first is that this is the word of God. Uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says this, All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So when it's saying this in 2 Timothy, it would have been referring back to actually the Old Testament, but, but we can look at this in the context of what God has brought together in the midst of this and, and hear that it says all scripture is God-breathed. All of it is from God. It, it, it's for you, but here's what it begins to do in our lives, right? It begins to, to teach us and train us. It does things that maybe we don't like very often, like rebuke us or correct us. Right? If you've ever read the Bible and, and you're digging into it and you're like, ooh, that kind of hurts. Like, I need to change that. What am I doing? Right? And you realize, all right, well, now it's time to go a little bit different direction. Because I, I love this phrase from Francis Chan when he, when he says, hey, if I ever get to a place in the Bible where I disagree with it, he goes, I have to assume that I'm wrong and the Bible's right. Some of our problems today is that too many people, they, we'll, we'll get to a place and we'll say, man, the Bible's actually wrong, and I, just whatever I feel is right. We don't want to walk down that road. But the Bible's there, God's word is there to be able to rebuke us, correct us, train us, so that we can be equipped for every good work. Now, even though I told you that there were 40-plus authors that uh, wrote over the course of this 1,500-year uh, span, what's amazing about the Bible is this, it's this one common story going through. There, there, there's nothing where it's contradicting itself. It, it really is truly this masterpiece. I mean, just imagine if, if some of us got together and we, wrote a, we were going to write a story, right? And I, I said, hey, you take chapter one and this section over here, take chapter two and I'll take chapter three. And we kind of came up with a plot. We would mess it up in no time, right? But God, through his Holy Spirit working, created this beautiful and amazing thing. And we know that God used the Spirit to direct People, because of verses like Second Peter chapter one verses nineteen through twenty one that says this: We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. And then it begins to get into what I'm talking about. It says, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. So he's saying uh, these prophets from the Old Testament that, that, that wrote these things or spoke these things, it didn't just come about by their own knowledge or creativity that we see in here. It says this in verse 21, for a prophecy never had its origin in human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Right? The, the writers of Scripture... They were carried along by the Holy Spirit. They spoke from God. They, they wrote uh, for God in this way. And then as we begin to look at the New Testament and, and uh, you know, some of the things that were, were in this, because so much of that is talking about the Old Testament, 
we begin to see that, that God actually uh, allowed people to see uh, as Paul was speaking or as Luke was writing, as these different letters were spread out uh, in their time period, people would understand, man, these writings or these teachings, they are from the Lord. Second Tim, or 1 Thessalonians 2.13 helps us see that. It says, we also thank God continually because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, he's saying, you accepted it, not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. So they accepted it as the word of God. And, and, and once again, at a later time, we'll talk about how all these collections of writings and books came together into this one form now that we get to hold and be blessed by and, and learn from. But we need to understand, we need to come to this realization. First off, when we, if we want to connect with Jesus through his word, we first have to understand that it's not a book like every other book. It's different. It's better. It's more amazing. It's from God, and God's word is timeless. Jesus said this in Mark chapter 13, verse 31. He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And people have tried over the years and the seasons to be able to get rid of God's word. Uh, there, there were rulers that came out and said, hey, destroy and burn every Bible that you can find. There has been lots of persecution against the church, but... Uh, it, through it all, we continue to see God's word uh, can uh, be this timeless source that we have. In fact, when it comes to ancient text, we have more ancient texts of the Bible than any other thing by far. We have so much information that we can look back at and say, yep, it's continued to say, stay the same years over years in all the major parts that matter. 1 Peter 1, 24 and 25 begins to speak to this timeless nature of God's word as well. It says this, For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. See, there's so many distractions that come into our life that, that, that call us to say, hey, you want to have a good life? Follow, follow this advice from this leader or this person or, or do these things. And, and constantly our phones are distracting us. And, and if we were to really think about, hey, what, what's more infinite, the, the world that we live in or the word of God? What Jesus is saying, his, his word is more infinite than this world that we live in. We know that someday... Jesus will come back and he'll fix this world. We'll have a new heaven and a new earth, but, but God's word will remain. God is amazing. You know, this past week, our, our children's minister, Mallory, she uh, posted uh, this uh, kind of saying that I thought was, uh, was apt for this week. It says, the Bible is God's word on paper, and Jesus Christ is God's word in person. I thought, man, how good is that for us to just understand if we want to connect with Jesus, we begin to get into God's word. Why? Because it is his word. It's timeless, but it's also, I want us to hear this, it's for you. It's God's gift for you and I. Hebrews 4, uh, 12 says this, For the word of God is alive and active. 
sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Once again, this is a book like no other. As we dive into it, as, as you begin to read it on your own, saying, Jesus, I want to connect more with you. Know this, that, that it says that, that this book, it's not just collecting dust somewhere. It's, it's alive and active. As you dive into it, as you read it, it's like a sword that, that begins to, to penetrate our soul, saying, all right, God's going to do a work in transforming who we are and how we live and, and the way that we look at things. But it's not just something that, that begins to transform us. It's also something that guides us. In Psalm chapter uh, 119, verse 105, it reminds us that, that your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. So many questions that we have in life can be answered with the word of God. It, it, it can be this, this light to our path and how we need to live, but it's difficult at times to, to really uh, say, all right, God, I'm going to stay faithful to this because there's, there's so many other things that are beckoning to give you answers out there. Billy Graham said it well. He said, if you are ignorant of God's word, you will always be ignorant of God's will. Right, If we're looking to have the word be a light to our path, then what, what Billy Graham's saying is he's saying we have to be in God's word if we want to know what, what God desires for us. If we want God to lead us, then we need to be in his word. And as we study it, we don't want to just study it as something that is, is for our knowledge, for our information, so, so we'll just know more things about God. We want to study in such a way that it transforms us. James points to this in James chapter 1, verse 23 and 24, when he says this, Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Right? Can you imagine you look in the mirror, you walk away, you're like, wait, do I have brown hair or blonde hair? Right? And so often, uh, we might say, all right, I'm going to study God's word. I'm going to read it. And, and as we dive into it, we kind of read some information. We got our gold star. And so then we walk away and we forget to put any of it into action. What we need to do is be people who say, all right, God's word isn't just something that I'm diving into for knowledge or because I think God's going to be proud of me because I read it. It's saying, no, I'm, I'm digging into it because I want it to begin to transform who I am. I, I want it to, to be something that sustains me and leads me and guides me. And so if we really are going to say, all right, this is God's word, it's timeless, and, it, and it's for me, then how do we begin to study it? Because uh, we can really dive into God's word and we can make it say something that it's not actually saying. Right? We, we can pick out just verses and, and read these and we say, oh, that, that feels good to me. Let me just pull that out and I'm going to run with that. Non-Christians and Christians have done this alike. Uh, I've done this at times in my life, right? Like uh, this is something that if we're not approaching God's word, 
in a way that is, is being responsible and really thinking about, hey, how, how do I really look at this in the right way? Then we can really lead ourselves down a wrong path. So can I just give you a, a few tips and tricks that as you approach God's word, as you begin to read it, it's going to help you to get as much out of God's word as you can. Now, obviously, there's whole books and, and, and classes on things like this, so this will not be an exhaustive thing. But the first thing that I want to tell you is this, is that you want to try to find a translation of the Bible that, that you feel like is uh, going to, to make it easier for you to be able to understand God's word. Now, we are, are so um, lucky in the sense that, that we have a lot of translations of the Bible at our fingertips, at our hands. Now, some of that, we can ask the question, why are there so many translations of the Bible? I thought there's like one Bible, but then I open up my Bible app and I see what feels like hundreds of translations, right? Or you go online to Amazon and you see all these different translations. Here's what you need to know. First off, it's all the Bible, they're just, uh, as they're translating it, they're, they're trying to hit something specific that's going to help you understand it a little bit better. But the, the actual content of it, in most cases, is safe and good and still true. But you, you really want to begin to dive into something. And so often as a church, we will use the NIV version or we'll use the NLT version. But there's lots of other great versions out there that you can read. But what's important as you dive into it, that it's something that you feel like, all right, this is readable. This is helping me to be able to understand God's word. But then as you begin to study God's word, uh, you can think to yourself, where do I start? Do I start at the beginning, in the middle? Do I start in the gospels all about Jesus? There's lots of reading plans out there. I, I do love the Bible app for this uh, instance. You can get on the Bible app. You can see lots of versions. But you can also uh, see lots of reading plans that you can do on your own, or you can even uh, do these reading plans with other people as well. It's a great free resource. But there's uh, you know, things online that you can find, but I always think a great place to start if you don't know where to start is just start reading about Jesus. right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. These four books are all accounts about the story of Jesus's life, the history of who he is. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books in the New Testament. So you, you decide, all right, I'm going to find a version that works well for me. I'm going to begin to get to read uh, about that. But then as we dive into God's word, uh, we want to think about exegesis and, her, uh, and hermeneutics, all right? Both words that are big and maybe don't make a whole lot of, a lot of sense, right? So with exegesis, here's what we want to try to do. We are trying to, to look at this and say, what is the historical and literary context of the Bible? So we're looking at it and saying, all right, if I'm going to read the Bible, the first thing you do is you don't read it from your perspective living in 2022. Right? You, you look at it and you say, all right, this was written at a point in history to a specific audience in a part of the world that you're not currently living in, why was this being written? Who was it being written to? Why, you know, what were people understanding it to, to mean in their time period? So you begin to, to look at some clues in here about what's going on in the history of it. And you can, be, you can use the Bible to help you understand some of those things. 
You don't, you don't have to always go to extra sources to figure out what's going on in here. For instance, uh, we just got done with the Christmas season. And as you're reading the, the Christmas story in Matthew chapter 1 and 2 and, and Luke chapter 1 and 2, you start picking up information about what's going on in the Bible's time. We just need to be asking questions as we read it. Asking questions like, hey, what ruling powers in charge? Right, and as you read some of the Christmas story, you start to realize that it's not God's people, the Jews, that, that, that are actually leading at this time. It, it was actually uh, the Romans that were in charge. And you, and you start picking up these little facts and tidbits that are going to help you understand the historical context of what's going on in the Bible. Now, obviously, you can also uh, go to other things, like you could pick up a Bible that's a study Bible, that's going to have some commentary notes in the bottom that will help you uh, have greater understanding about certain passages that you'll read. Or you could pick up a Bible dictionary that will give you some information about certain words. But uh, as we look at it, we think, all right, what's the historical context when something was written? But then you also say, all right, we don't want to just look at one verse or one small section by itself and let it speak for itself. When you're reading, you want to uh, read and think about it as it's part of a larger section, it's part of a larger chapter, it's part of a larger book. Because sometimes when we just look at one verse, then you begin to make that part of the scripture say something that it's not actually saying. You're not understanding in the context of all the other information around it. That's why it's good uh, when you are reading to say, all right, I'm looking for how this makes sense in the context of the paragraph or the chapter or even the book that it was written within. It'll give you more information and clue you into your study of God's word. And then there's going to be content that you run into that, that you don't always understand. Like you might read that somebody was paid a denarii, and you're like, what does that mean, right? And then you'll get to another part of the Bible, or, or you'll look that up, and you realize, oh, that's a day's wage. And so you begin to, to understand some of these things by looking at the content and the meaning of it. And so what do we do, right? We're, we're, we're doing good research of saying, all right, what does it look, or what did it mean in the original readers' minds as it was written to them. But then you look at the hermeneutics of it. And when you look at the narrow sense of hermeneutics, it's basically saying this. What does the Bible mean in today's day and age? What does it mean specifically for you? How is God wanting to to take this timeless scripture that he's put together and begin to transform and change your life? Right, this is where we jump to a lot of times, and this is where, where we try to make it uh, just fit in for what we want it to say. That's why it's so important to, to do the first part so that we know that we're doing the second part of our study well also. And I know that as I say all this, some of you are like, man, it's too hard to even read the Bible. What are you talking about? And here's what's amazing about the Word of God as well. The same God who created the heavens and the earth, the same God who, 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 who came to save us, his same Holy Spirit will begin to reveal his word to you. If he's powerful enough to do all these other things, don't you think that he wants to meet you in the midst of it and help reveal his word to you? Help him make sense in your heart and mind so that you can grow in a relationship with him. Dwight L. Moody uh, said this, the Bible was not given for our information, but for our transformation. 
as you think about, hey, I want to connect with the Lord, and one of the ways to do that is, is by getting into his word. What I, want us to, what I want to sum up for us is this, that if we really want to dive into God's word, we need to first, right, get the knowledge of it, but we want it to quickly move from our head to our heart. We want God's word to, to move from just, oh, I've got this knowledge, I can understand, I can win Bible quizzes or whatever it is that you want to do. And you begin to say, no, what's the heart of it? How do I connect more with Jesus through this? But we can't let it stay there. Sometimes, if you've been in the church for a long time, we begin to think to ourselves this, that, oh, it's just good enough that I'm reading the word, or I'm learning more about him, or or I'm pursuing him in my reading of the word. But it's got to, at some point, on a regular basis, move from our heart to our feet as well. We're we're living out the things that we're reading about. We're being kind and compassionate. We're being generous and caring. And we're going and caring about a world that doesn't yet know about Jesus. It can't just be head knowledge. It's got to be heart knowledge. And it can't just stay with our heart. It's got to move into our feet. And we've got to allow the word of God to transform who we are. And, And as you have this go from head to heart to feet, here's what happens. You begin to to rely more on Jesus. You begin to walk more in step with uh, our Savior. You allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in the way that you should go. And it's this beautiful thing how, how the Word of God isn't just this information that you're learning, but it changes your life. It changes your heart. It grows you in so many different ways. So my goal for us would be this. My goal is that we would be able to continue to do this at better and better ways. But I can't do it for you. Our church can't do it for you. It's something that you get to decide on your own, but we can help one another with it. Right? You can involve somebody, a friend that's in here or a friend that's outside of here and say, hey, let's study God's word together. Let's get some accountability. You could talk with your spouse about this. But it's got to come from this heart of, hey, it's not just I want more knowledge. It's I want Jesus more real in my life than he has been. And I want to know more about him, and I want to live out his principles in my life. Can we make that happen this year? Because God's word is unique. It is different. It's different than any other book that we would study or try to run after. It will change you. It will correct you and, and rebuke you and train you in all these different ways. Let's pray, church. Father God, Lord, first off, I want to thank you for your word. God, it's amazing to think about all the things that have come against your word over the many, many years. God, it's amazing to think that we can even hold it all as one collection. God, that you've allowed uh, it to be put together, that we can have so much access to it. God, let us not take that for granted. Let us this year... Be people who say, I'm going to dive into your word. God, allow your spirit to to help us in that. Lord, I pray that uh, as uh, some of the people in the room are maybe going to open it up for the first time in their life or the first time in a really long time, God, I pray that through your spirit that you would allow something to just really uh, come alive for them. Lord, that they would see new things in it, that they would understand it quickly. God, let us be a people that don't just um, 
live like we think that we know that we should, but instead that we live like your word tells us to live. God, it's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Make sure to subscribe to this channel so that you can keep up with new content as it becomes available. We would also ask that if you have been encouraged by this ministry, that you would consider partnering with us financially. Your support helps us to continue our mission of helping people move from where they are to where God is calling them to be. You can find all the ways to give at graceodessa.com give. Thank you.